Chi Chat by Chi Chart. Chi Chat by Chi Chat. Hello, nice to see you. We're joined today by Lisa and Grant, and I'm producer Mel, and we've got Chin Pei with us today, who's a renowned feng shui master. We're so grateful to have him join us all the way from Dubai, and he's one of Lisa's teachers, so it's a very special moment to get them together again. It is very special, and hello, Jin. Oh, hello, Lisa. So, Jin, I was just telling everybody earlier about how we first met so I was wondering if you could recount your first impressions our first meeting yes sure I was sitting at the table in the Melbourne Feng Shui conference at the Novotel in St Kilda great memory yes it was November 2014 what a memory <laughs> brassy blonde just shows up and starts <laughs> talking about her astrology chart and you know, she was full of, oh my chart is very difficult you know nobody seems to figure it out and i was just like uh well let me have a look at your birthday well actually it's quite straightforward then you were like very chatty and friendly and and you know very out there because you know some people were very shy <laughs> Oh, she does have a beautiful energy. That, You're right about that. so funny because your memory or recount is very similar to mine. And just what I said that you just said, oh, it's just so easy. And I'm going, what? It's so hard. I don't understand it. That's just gold. And then after that, you just basically convinced me that I had to be learning your method. Yeah, so I came back to Brisbane. That was August, September 2015. And then you came to that first class with the RSL club over in Brisbane. And that was amazing. I I still remember that quite clearly. You had quite a lot of students in that class. (laughs) We won't go there. (laughs) It was a really special class. Okay, Chin, I'll I'll get you to actually relay that very diplomatically. She made it all about her, let's put it that way. Not me. This is another student. Yeah, she made it all about her and it was quite disruptive to the rest of the class. And she didn't come to the class with the intention to learn. She came to the class with her own agenda. And actually it was quite a good thing because it bonded everybody together because suddenly we had this person who was on a different wavelength from all of us. And and that, that made us bond together because we realized that we were there to learn and to exchange rather than for there for personal reasons. Chin, can you tell us a little bit, please, about your methods? We know that Lisa was very astounded when you read her chart for the first time, that you were approaching things from a different point of view. Can you tell us how your methods differ and what that brings about as a point of difference? So with this Four Pillars Astrology, also called Bats, the Eight Characters of Birth, it's been taught in a very classical manner. So basically the teacher stands in front of the class and talks for like, I don't know, seven, eight hours, well, six hours perhaps. And there is no interaction with the students. Students are not allowed to ask questions and they have given all this chunk of information, which is very theoretical. So when I was in university in Perth, I realized that, you know, if you just keep on talking, in front of an audience, people switch off after, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. So in my classes, I make it more interactive as students are always encouraged to ask questions and think about the material in the class. So that's one way it differs. And then another way was uh, people were always looking at it at a way of like whether a person is strong or weak. And from what I studied with my teacher, Lily Chung over in San Francisco, we actually make it more about following the flow of your life, what is actually important to you and to go with the energy that's prevalent in your life rather than to fight it. And that's what I've been explaining today. 
it's going with your chi flow. Yeah, it's going to what your strength in life rather than try to fit into a template or a cookie cutter. Exactly. Let's chat chi. Join our closed Facebook group for free engagement daily at Chi Chat. Chin, what was it that really attracted you to this sort of field of work? Oh gosh, you're going back a long time. So I was living in Perth in the late 90s, I think it was 1997 at that time. And I was uh, studying journalism, broadcasting journalism. And, and then my sister was now living in Melbourne. So my sister from Singapore had the big argument with me. And my sister from Melbourne, she says, look, Jin, we don't know much about feng shui, but there must be something very wrong with this apartment because since we moved in here in 1986, you know, everything's gone wrong. Well, I mean, I moved there in 1986, but my father bought it in 1980-81, so it's been there a while. So I said, yeah, you know, since we moved in, my parents separated, and then they've subsequently got divorced. None of my sisters had a good relationship in there, neither did my brother, and, you know, they were always fighting and fighting in that apartment. So I said, okay, you know, maybe my sister has a point, perhaps, you know, after this latest family argument, the energy of the place has to be assessed and have a look at had a look at and so in those days there were no there was no internet right so i literally opened the white pages nice historical <laughs> flashback there yeah. uh-huh. and then i picked up the phone and dialed it all around yeah. <laughs> let your fingers do the walking yeah so so I, I i found out a lady who was doing feng shui and you know she was actually italian in origin and so so you know she was very intuitive and then she said, oh, I feel like in your place, there's a lot of glass and mirrors. And she was very right because it was an apartment that was two stories, which is very unusual. And it was on the Perth foreshore and it was facing the Swan River. So she was right. She picked it up on the floor. I mean, she's very intuitive anyway. So she shows up and she starts looking at the place. And then using the feng shui skills that she had, she said things like, my mother's a very beautiful lady and she turns 80 this year. So, you know, and she's still here and healthy. And so she would have mirrors all around the place. So I grew up in a room with six, seven mirrors, you know. So she, would cover, she would cover the pillars the pillar, the four pillars with mirrors on each side, for example. And then there'll be, she was always looking in the mirror, making sure she looked her best. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what happened was, um, so what happened was she had this big mirror that was facing the bed in the master bedroom. And she literally put it right under a false, a, a sort of protrusion for the AC unit, central AC unit under it. So it literally split the marriage bed in half. So the lady said, oh, as you can see, after your parents move here, you know, the marriage bed, bed is split in half by this beam and the mirror reflects a bad marriage. So your parents broke up. And I was like, okay, how would you know something like that? You know, it's classified information because I never met her. My mother wasn't in Perth at that time and neither was my father. And then, then we went to the toilet and this is for people in the feng shui world. So Lisa, it was in the Northwest. On the ground floor was actually the laundry room and in the top floor was the bathroom and the toilet. And then the lady said, oh, since your father moved in here, his career went down. And uh-uh. she was right about that. My father didn't stay very long in that apartment. He moved out very quickly to another country even. So those were the things that she picked out. And the final thing was uh, we were in the dining room and this is where there are six of us in the family. So four kids and two parents, and every combination had argued in that dining room. But it was a very beautiful dining room overlooking the foreshore, but it was very windy. There was a balcony there, it was an apartment, right? So it was very windy. And then she said, the energy here is just too strong with the wind, you know, it's too disruptive. She said, everybody has arguments here. When she left the place, I was like, okay, hang on a minute, you know, she's Italian, and she knows a lot more about my culture than I do, and I'm Chinese. <laughs> 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 well, it was a true story. And I was like, 
you know something? I, I need to study. I need to look into this because this is my culture, and I need to know something about this. And this remember, this nineteen ninety seven December, November December was hot in Perth already. So I, I started reading every book I could find about Feng Shui in English in those days, because it was the peak of publishing in those days, right? So everything was in print. Nothing was online. Mm. So I, I amassed a huge collection. You know, it was just like a drug. I would just keep on going to Dimmers and. Start buying demons. There you go. Start buying <laughs> many books with like a crown on the subject. You were so obsessed. Very, yeah, not not really obsessed, but I was like, you know, the more. Funnily enough, the first book that I read was Lillian Tu's Basic Feng Shui. I was speaking about Lillian earlier, and that was sort of my introduction. She really popularized Feng Shui, didn't she? Yeah, because I picked her best book at the very beginning, so I was very lucky. And you know, it was costing like what twenty, thirty Aussie in those days. So then I, I, I still recommend the book to my clients and my friends and students. So that was 1997, and then finding the last, the subsequent year, I seemed to get the hang of it, and I was able to understand the book and read it, understand it very quickly. Because I would give the same book, Lillian Tu's Basic Feng Shui, to my classmates in the journalism class, and they wouldn't understand it as well as I did. So I kind of realized in the back of my mind that I was onto something here because I seem to have a knack for it, unlike these people, because my classmates, because. You know, I mean, the language skills were the same, and well, maybe the background was a bit different, but still, I mean, they couldn't really grasp this quickly as I could. Wow! Let our chi guide you. Follow Chi Chart on Facebook and Instagram. After that period of time in the industry and learning and teaching, what has it taught you? About yourself, I suppose the most important thing is that my friend Stephen Skinner, who's also well known in the culture industry, calls psychic vampires. So we had one in our class in Brisbane, and so so what happened was, you know, these people suck your energy. They they come to the class or your presentation, or, or you know, they, they or as a client, and they have their own issues and they have their own needs, and they're not coming with integrity. They're they're coming in with. They need to suck your energy, and I've learned to protect myself against needy people like that. To to realize that you know you can give to people your energy and you can help people, but if they're already coming in with agendas or they have their own issues, you can't really help them. So that's something that I've learned about dealing with people. That's definitely very important. And then, of course, when I'm teaching in Russia, because I've been teaching around the world, so I've been teaching in Russia, Germany, of course, in Australia. I taught my first class actually in Brazil. Wow. And visa issues. So it was 2013. That was my first group class in Brazil, and you know it was a fun time. It was in Rio, but yeah, that, that's how I got my start. So I mean, you know, you realize that when you are in a class, it's all about managing people, and you you see, especially in Russia, people come into the class, especially in the beginners class, with different agendas. So just like our class in Brisbane, so you have to manage people. So that's why I learned a lot more about myself. Is that the theory is one thing. But trying to teach it in a way which is useful and helpful to the students is another. Because the one thing that I want from my class, which I've tried to achieve, is that nobody walks out feeling as though they don't understand the subject at all. So a lot of people in the industry have spent a lot of money on the classes of certain teachers, and when they leave, they still don't have any skills. So I think the important thing is to make sure the student leaves with skills. But then you have the other extreme. You have some students, I say, here in Dubai. Who come to the class and they are basically commanding pillars, and they want to be able to read charts after four days, and you know that's not possible. Totally, in a nutshell, because people out there won't really know what commanding pillars mean. Okay, Mel Grant, do you know what a commanding pillar is? No, no. Okay. So, Jim, can you just sort of yeah explain <laughs> yeah. a little bit? Commanding pillars are people born on six out of sixty days, so they are like ten percent of the population, 
And people on these days are very combative. They are kind of quite aggressive and they don't give up easily and they are very focused on their aims. So guess what? We have one with us. Grant has a commanding pillar and you know with that tenacity, okay, I can actually say I really credit him with getting our app, Chi Chart, out in store because he really just never gave up even when it got tough, Chin. So there are some wonderful qualities with commanding pillars. And ironically, sorry to be sexist here, but my teacher who's a lady actually says that male commanding pillars do a lot better than female commanding pillars. Okay. There you go. There you right. go. That's great. That makes me feel better. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, but Chinese astrology is so conservative because it's a, you know, hundreds, thousands year old sort of form. And there's no such thing as I am woman, hear me, bro, you know, equality here. And, and basically that, you know, men, women who are born on commanding pillars don't like to compromise. And as a result, they, they have difficulties in life. And for That's men true. not to compromise, according to Chinese astrology, it's not an issue. That's right. Because I always explain it's such a patriarchal society or has been traditionally. And that's why a lot of these things that with the commanding pillars where you're saying men tend to sort of do quite well with the commanding pillar, whereas women find it a little more challenging. That's why it's always more difficult to be a woman in this life. You know? So for all the sexist guys out there, perhaps if they come back to the next life as a woman, then you'll know what it feels. <laughs> so if you've got a commanding pillar, Jin, how would you advise somebody to approach their life if they're aware of those character traits that they would have? Sometimes you just need to sort of save your energy. I mean, don't give up, of course, but sometimes, you know, let's say you're having a bad day or it's just not the right time. Just, just conserve your energy and don't fight anymore. Just need to know when to just have a break and then when to continue again. Because Lily, Lily told me that, we all are going to have good days, we're going to have bad days. But the key thing is when you're having a bad day, don't fight it too much. So, you know, you need to get to the point mm. where, okay, it's not working today, let's have a break. I'm going for a movie, I'm going for a nice lunch, I'm going to have some junk food, whatever. But, you know, mix, just relax and take it easy. Because there's always a point in time in any day, at any point in time that you realise that, you have to call it quits for that day. And that's so hard to do sometimes, as Grant was saying previously, that some days his output would be so much and some days it was so much less. And I feel the same like that. And it's it's so frustrating as sort of that alpha personality to encounter that. And I'm the same. Like my genetic makeup just makes me want to push harder, but then the output isn't as good and you end up frustrated <laughs> inevitably. Yeah, I mean, that's true. So different animal days. So for example, today's the water rat day, tomorrow's the water ox day. So I actually, I mean, Lisa will know too. So that there's actually some animals are good for you and some animals are bad for you. So the advice is if you're having a bad animal day or a stressful day, then just take it easy. And if you're having a good animal day, then push harder and you can achieve what you want. So for example, for myself, there's always a bad month of the year. And even when I was a teenager, I, I, I never liked this month because, you know, some very bad things happen. And so over the years, I've noticed that in this month, bad things always happen. So I'm mentally prepared. So for example, one year I twisted my back when I was playing tennis. So that was a bad injury. <laughs> Had a falling out with some friends and, you know, never spoke to them again up to today. And then this year, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I had an accident and I didn't even know what I could have done differently. So basically, I was driving to the garden center here in Dubai and it was right out in somewhere quite outside from the city. And I was with a friend in the car and I was driving a rental car. We used a GPS and then the, the, the nursery on the left is actually very expensive and the nursery on the right is 
cheaper. So of course I saw the cheaper ones and I'm just like, you know, why should I spend so much money on the expensive one, which is so fancy. So then I saw the car park and I was like, oh, everybody's parked on the sand here. Let me just make a sharp right turn. So I made a sharp right turn and I just basically ripped the underside of the car because I was <laughs> And it all happened, it all happened in like less than 10 seconds. And it was a big oh. rip. And then everybody in the car park started looking at me and my friends, everyone's staring at us. And I was like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. The car's still moving. Got out of the car, looked out of the other side, the whole thing was gone. And I was like, whoops, this car can't be, I had to call the police. I had to go to the police station. There was another story. Oh. And I ended up in a COVID line while everybody's wearing face masks and social distancing. <laughs> a couple of sex workers walking past me getting interviewed by Arabic policemen. So, you know, it was, I felt so sorry for those girls because they got pulled into a room full of policemen to get interviewed and they were just working, you know what I mean? And I felt so bad for them. And, you know, there was no female police officer to help them. And then I was just like, okay, you know, and then there were people in front of me in the line who were very angry because their car was on fire or something like that. And so, yeah, so that was what, that was the bad thing that happened to me this year in that month. And I was just like, could I have done, I kept on asking my friend, could I have done anything about this? No. If you're a bit less tight with your money, you could have gone into the good nursery, <laughs> saved yourself. That is true. <laughs> I'm a bit less tight with my money, but I'm sorry. I'm not getting cheaper by the fancy nurse. I'll pay three times the price. Download your personalised lifestyle planning app today from the App Store and go with your Chi Flow. Chi Chart, the personalised lifestyle planning app. Speaking of nurseries, we've heard Lisa talk before about fountains and such. Where should we put our fountains in our house? Well, it depends on where the wealth sector is and it's different <laughs> according to the orientation and when the house was built. The key lesson is not to put it in your bedroom. You can put it in a public area, so not an area where somebody's sleeping. So you don't put it in your kid's bedroom if you have kids. Or you, know, you can put it in your husband's study or your office, it's not an issue. But kitchen is kind of pushing it, but still okay. But you know, living room, blah, 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 etc. That's how I would do it. But you know, everybody has their different methods. Chin, you probably would be careful about advising anybody to put a water feature in unless they got professional advice. Yes. I would definitely say so. Because when I started out in Feng Shui in the late 90s, when my sister was married to a Jewish man. And I remember that there was this thing saying that there, there was a... There was one, I went to one of those Jewish parties and, you know, there was one of these guys and he, he, had, he was a big fan of fish. So he had a lot of aquariums and fish, tropical fish in his bedroom. And of course, you can't put water in your bedroom because, you know, you actually lose money. So I kind of mentioned that to my sister and she's like, yeah, you're right. She said, you know, he, he never has any money. The, the, the guy who was having a lot of aquariums and fish bowls in his bedroom. And I was just like, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do that experiment and see whether, it, you know, whether you can start losing money that way. But, you know, the best, the proof is in the pudding, right? So, you know, because when I was pre- presenting this in Taiwan in the university, uh, in Taiwan University, when, oh God, back in the early 2000s, I had an American guy said, okay, have, have there been any, of course, had to be American. I think he was Jewish as well. So he said, have, can, can there be any, well, I'm just saying it like it is. Do you have any like clinical trials here that you can actually prove that this is working? Controlled trials in a university environment, laboratory, that's how he spoke. And then I, I said, it takes a lot of funding and it takes a lot of time. And that was 20 years ago. So you can just imagine today, you need a lot of funding and time to monitor this and prove that whether it works or not so up to today unless somebody pulls out the funding it's going to be anecdotal isn't it and of course experimental 
Absolutely. And you know if it works for you. So if it's going to work for you, you're going to keep doing it, right? Well, I'm keeping my fountain on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grant shared a story with us before, Jen, about his water fountain. And it was quite incredible. It died. It broke down. And he was told to put it there when he was about to sell his house. And when it stopped, the money flowed, the wealth stopped, the cash flow stopped. There you go. And it was like, so I listened to the, the fish story and I go, well, it was true for me. Mm. Yeah. So that's my truth. That's the thing. Is it true for you? That's all we can know. There's lots of things in the world that aren't quantifiable, are they? Well, and even if they were, do we even know that we're calculating them with correct methods? You know what I mean? There's so much unknown. Well, even Einstein's law of relativity, they're talking about revisiting the whole mathematical equation because they believe that there's more. Have you heard that, Jim? Well, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, Mal, Mal has got a point there because, you know, as a Chinese astrology teacher from Indonesia told me years ago, and he's already passed, he actually told me, he said, you know, if human beings found out the secret to wealth, like from the astrology chart or from feng shui, there won't be any poor people in this world, would there? That's true. So if it was quantifiable, if you could actually find out the secret to wealth or to a good life or to health, then there won't be any unhealthy people, poor people or unhappy people. So it's right. Some things just can't be quantifiable even in this modern internet age. And there are lots of variables because remember, there's not just the birth chart that you're born with, is there, Jen? What else is yeah. there? What well, are the other variables? Well, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to get Mel and uh, Grant laughing. So I started this project last year <laughs> in Australia about famous people who are born on the same day. And you'd be shocked at some of the famous people who are born on the same day. Like, so for example, uh, Danny Minogue shares the same day, month, and year of birth as another entertainer who is called Snoop Dogg. Oh. So what do Snoop Dogg and Danny Minogue have in common? I mean, seriously? So now I, I went through my database during lockdown and you have a lot of very famous people who share the same birthday. So two of these legends of the entertainment industry are still alive. So Quincy Jones is now in his, oh my gosh, almost coming up to 90 and he's still alive and healthy. And he shares the same day, month and year of birth as Michael Caine, who is still alive and healthy. And what do Michael Caine and Quincy Jones have in common? I mean, they're both very successful. They both mm. are enjoying a very healthy, long life. So, you know, it's very interesting to see the famous people who are born on the same day. So it's a very good project because you can't look at somebody's chart and say, oh, you're going to die on this day, etc." which means that everybody who's born on this day will die on this day. So apart from me, Danny Minogue and Snoop Dogg really stood out. And of course, Michael Caine and Quincy Jones. And I actually think Malcolm Turnbull's actually born on a day that's with somebody famous as well, which is quite scary. Some of the Aussie politicians actually as well. So you just go on oh, any website nowadays, just key in a birthday, you can see who, who's born on, on those days and you'd be surprised. Just, you know, we're not just talking about the day. I got somebody who's born on the same day, month, year and hour. And that would be in different parts of the world. So have you seen uh, the Avengers, the guy who plays the Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo? So he's yes. born on this day. And for the German students, they are very thrilled to, or they couldn't believe it, that Boris Becker is born on the same day as Mark Ruffalo, same hour as well. There you go. Wow, that's I mean, you know, Boris has had multiple marriages and a few children with different women, while Mark's just stayed with one woman the whole time. And of course, they all got, became famous in different times of their life because Boris Becker became famous as a tennis champion at Wimbledon as a teenager, while Mark Ruffalo only became more well-known as an actor in his mid-30s. 
So it's very, so it's, it's going to be a series of books called, you know, same charts, different lines. So yes, it's one third, isn't it? Correct. And then of course your own actions. So let's say somebody who's born on the same day as you, they're not going to die on the same day. Otherwise, everybody who's born on the same day is going to perish on the same day. That's not true. Because if you keep on smoking or, you know, you just eat whatever you want, empty calories, you're not going to last as long as somebody who takes more care of their health, do, do you? And what about also like good deeds, how you actually help people and live your life? Yes, of course. I say I agree with that. But I also feel sometimes that there's an element of karma as well that, you know, if your time is up and you've done what you've set up to do in this life, then it's time to move on. I always see it's a very bad sign when somebody has, has retired and then when they start getting ill and then they leave very quickly. So I've also seen that as well in my life. So I also believe that if you set out to achieve all you need to achieve in this life, it's time to go. But of course, some people suddenly have their lives cut short. And then of course, they have to come back. I believe in reincarnation because it's part of my culture and my religion to, to, and what I, my belief system. So, so, you know, they had to come back to rectify that. Well, I agree with that too, because ultimately it all comes back to chi. So you'll recycle that chi, it'll come back. It's always around us. Are you a brand in the energy space? We're always open to expanding our horizons and yours. Email energy at chichart.com. I have to share this story with you, but I mean, it makes me look very bad, but you know, this is me as a teenager. So my first week of getting my P-plates in Australia, in Perth, I remembered I was driving my mother's car and I was backing out of a place and I was so nervous and it was my mother's car. And there was a small car that was parked at the corner. And then I, I, I must have done something very bad because when I came out, that whole, the, the passenger door was dented and I freaked. So instead of doing the right thing, like leaving a message saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll pay for this and all that, I drove off. <laughs> my first week of my, my peak place, eight years later, I went, I parked somewhere and I went to pick out my birthday cake. It was my birthday, you know. It and, and I remember it, 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 like, it only took like five, ten minutes. So I got back to my car. And I was trying to open the car door and I just wouldn't open. Someone's like, what's wrong? And then I tried to pull it and then I heard a crack and then I looked at it and somebody had done the same thing to me. <laughs> but I took to pick up the birthday cake. So I looked up to the sky and I said, okay, I deserve this. It just took eight years and I, I own it. Like us? Give us a five star energy rating wherever you listen. Chichat. Quite quickly it comes back to me. I don't know if this is strange, but the other day someone said to me in a business meeting, You seem like the sort of person that would smash their phone screen all the time. And I. In a business meeting, I was very offended because I thought that that was a judgment. And I said, do you know what? I've never smashed my phone screen. Next minute, one week later, looking for a new studio in Melbourne, I'm taking my friend's dog for a run. I trip over the pavement, phone goes flying, shattered phone screen. Oh, and don't. I go, oh, yeah. But that stuff happens to me all the time. So I'm really mindful about sort of that ego stuff that I put into the universe because I find that the universe and quickly just kicks me in the butt with it. That does that. When I was in university in Perth, you know, my, my parents had this apartment and I was always driving to the university. And then I would always drive past this place. I mean, it was a motel, you know, and I was like, oh my God. And then sometimes there was a vacancy sign, sometimes there was a no vacancy sign. So I would always giggle to myself saying, oh, this place is so 
trashy and you know <laughs> people people are always having tawdry sex here oh my god nowadays when i go back to perth to visit my family my mother when she's there or my friends guess where i stay that exact motel the tawdry you know hotel <laughs> the tawdry motel you know why because a it's a motel so there's free parking you don't like go through the city it's very reasonably priced and it has had like you know renovations and I can have tawdry sex there. Don't, don't judge this hotel, this motel. This will be your, your favorite place to stay in Perth. And guess what? If I go back to Perth tomorrow, guess where I'll be staying? <laughs> in the tawdry Your favorite joint. <laughs> the tawdry that hotel. That is so strange. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. It's... And, and what do they say? Is that life is stranger than fiction? Everything's cyclical and we go full circle all the time, actually. And when you think about how we arrive as babies, I'm a grandmother now, so to see these little people, and then my, I've just lost my mother recently, as, as I explained before, to see her before she passed, and it was. It was like seeing this vulnerable wow. person which is how we enter the world. We're not vampires. We're not going to live forever. So it's important we take these signs from the universe and do the best that we can with the time we have, right? Exactly. And when it comes back and whip you, you just take it. <laughs> <laughs> like I did that day. I was like, oh, this vote. <laughs> I've still got a little crack in the corner. Oh, no. It's a reminder. But it's true, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, the only constant in life is change. So never take anything for granted. And, you know, one day it's yours, the next day it's going to go. And for those of us, maybe Mel's too young. Who would have thought that recorded music would be free? It's all streaming now. I mean, your children will just never have to buy any music anymore because everything's free now. So, you know, who would have thought that was going to happen back in the peak of the recorded music era in the 70s, 80s and 90s? And who would have ever thought that vinyl would be so treasured and, you know, CDs would be worth nothing? Yeah, and kids would be watching YouTube instead of the television. You can watch whatever you want, whenever you want, on demand. So when you get, you need to, you used to look at the guide, but now you've got to get Netflix recommendations from a friend, like at some sort of sordry deal, you know. What are you watching? I tell me. Because there's so much content out there, right? We grew up watching Star Wars, and it came out every couple of years where my kids watched Star Wars, and we did it in a binge. Society's changed. Well, we are on this karma thing. Remember, I better share with Grant and Mel what happened to me recently. So last month, I got evicted from my property in Dubai that I've been living in for eight years. And in Dubai, there's no such thing as minimum period, et cetera, et cetera, because the landlord wanted to increase the rent on me and I refused to pay during these COVID times. And so he threatened me and he said that, well, because, you know, if I had to go back to visit my brother in Hong Kong, it's 7,000 Aussie dollars for three weeks quarantine that you wow. have to pay yourself. So I said, I can't go back to visit my brother in Hong Kong. So when we were doing the negotiations, he said, if you can pay 7,000 to sit in your ass in your own country, Hong Kong's not my country, then you can afford to pay me the rent increase. So long story short, I said, can I just stay another 60 days and pay you for two months? And he's like, nope, if you leave today, they'll be perfect. So long story short, I found a much nicer place within 24 hours. I paid just 10% more and I have three times the space. Guess what happened to his place three weeks later? There was a fire because his university son wanted his clothes to sort of smell better. So I heard this from the maid and he put the inside. <laughs> 
in the closet, in the wardrobe, and he forgot about it because you're only supposed to smoke out your clothes with incense for five minutes max. And he forgot about it, it burned down. So now he's homeless. And if I had stayed in his granny flat, I'll be homeless now because the AC units got damaged and there's a hole in the wall now. So my neighbor said, Jin, you, you moved out less than a week, well, actually less than three weeks. And there's a fire there, you did the right thing. So <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying that these are events that have consequences. So I'm just very thankful that nobody got hurt or injured in that fire. And I'm very, and no animals got hurt as well. And, and, and I'm very thankful that I moved out of that place. So looking back by evicting me and giving me one day's notice, well, I was paid up for seven, seven more, six more days. But giving me eviction notice within a week, I actually found a much nicer place. So it's action and reaction, it's like Newton's law, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Well, what you put out there, you get back. I yeah. believe in that. Correct. So if you're putting out nasty thoughts and bad thoughts, you're going to get it back. Chin, it was so enlightening to talk to you on Chi Chat. We can't wait to maybe see you live in the studio one day. Yeah, sure. And oh, no, no, I'll just see you at my tawdry motel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be there in the room next door. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen. Chi Chat by Chi Chat. Download it now from the iTunes store. Like us? Give us a five star energy rating wherever you listen. Chi Chat by Chi Chat.